everyone, and welcome to Phone Calls with Brendan and Ian. I'm Brendan Garland, and I'm a visual artist and creative. And I'm Ian Schaller. I'm a personal trainer and a philosopher. Brendan and I met at college in the Midwest, but now, living on opposing coasts, we keep in touch through phone calls, which we are sharing with you. As a podcast, phone calls is freeform, authentic, and natural, much as any conversation to a friend would be. Using mindfulness as our guide, we unpack our daily lives and travel across a spectrum of topics, which ultimately lead us back to mindfulness. As the listener, we hope our phone calls give you insight on how to allow yourself to simply be and live more consciously. What's up with you these days? Uh, working all yeah. the time. That's good, right? That's yeah. kind of what you wanted. That's true. It's better than not working. At all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and not having, it's better than not having a job. Right. To pay for things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hasn't the living sitch gone? Uh, it's really good. I really like, like, everything. Everything's really, like, been, like, amazing. Like, I can't really complain about anything. That's good. Yeah. Like, I love both the jobs that I'm at and Mm -hmm. the place that I live is, like, super awesome. So. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, do you have like a, an apartment yet or are you still crashing with somebody or? Oh yeah. I just remembered that. Like I told it and then I forgot again now, but <laughs> I remember it like yesterday when we started the first part of the recording mm-hmm. where I was like, I haven't talked to Ian since I moved into the new apartment. Um, oh, that was sweet. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I have my well, not my own apartment, but I have an apartment with a roommate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it's, really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> totally forgot that you didn't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's crazy how fast stuff happens. Mm-hmm. I mean. I know we haven't talked in a couple weeks, but um, just the fact that like you had forgotten that, you know, that's like that's like a big cool thing. But it, like it's been a couple weeks, so you're like kind of like settling into it. it's like, oh, what's new? It's like, oh yeah, well there's this thing, but <laughs> you know, we've already talked. <laughs> oh wait, we haven't. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like it feels like ages ago that I moved in, but it really mm-hmm. was. I moved in on the 21st, mm. I think. What? No, no, no. What? Or the 24th. The 24th is when I moved okay. in. Okay. Yeah. That would make sense. Uh-huh. So it was like a couple of days after we talked in the last. Yeah. Yeah, because the last like podcast we had, we were like finalizing the like contract and we were getting the keys and all that stuff. Mm. And then I was like, kind of worried that it like, like I was, part of me was like very, very anxious that like it was going to be a scam 
and that we weren't actually going to get a place or like the keys that they were going to give us were for like a different apartment or something. Mm. So I feel like that's yeah. also why I didn't talk about it a lot in the beginning. Gotcha. What gave you that impression? Uh, the internet. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Just like reading, because I was reading all these things about like, because I've never leased anything before. I mean, like in Jacksonville, like I was paying rent, but I wasn't on the lease. So I never had to worry mm -hmm. about any of that stuff. Right. So, yeah. This was, and I was, so I was like reading a ton of stuff about it. And then I was reading, you know, you can like fall into these wormholes of like all the bad things that have ever happened to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then I kind of got sucked into that wormhole. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, really just that. And then Dang. we also, like, paid our deposit before we got the key. Oh. <laughs> so that was kind of sketchy, but it's a pretty common, like, L.A. thing. Gotcha. Yeah. It seems like... It would be good just to do it like simultaneously, like uh -huh. like like the little drug deal exchange. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. here's the bag, here's the money at the same time. <laughs> no, like you first kind of things. Yeah, you can't get one and then wait a couple of days to get the other. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's not how it works with drugs, at least. I don't know. No. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> yeah. So I've heard. <laughs> that's not how it works with groceries and stuff at least yeah well I mean I guess if you order it online like oh shit <laughs> but you're also yeah. given like a a written agreement I guess in the receipt yeah. that says that you will get the product mm -hmm. I don't know I've never ordered food online that's still a weird concept to me yeah, I'm, I'm not going to participate in that trend, but it is yeah. a thing that people do. Yeah. Yeah, to me, we're already pretty, like, we're fairly far removed from our own food. Mm -hmm. so, so if I can just, like, click a button to get my food, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. And there's something like, oh, I also hate the, like, pre-prepped meals. I don't know how you feel about those, but like, like I went into a Whole Foods the other day and you can buy like a whole box dinner that gives you like the exact amount of spices you need, like the exact amount of meat for like four people, the like everything is like prepackaged in this box. You just buy it, you take it home and then you throw mm -hmm. it together. Yeah. They're taking all the challenges away. Even yeah. like that's not super challenging stuff. You know, like, mm -hmm. it doesn't take a whole lot to find a recipe, buy the ingredients, and then measure them out, throw them together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I'm just waiting for the day for there to be, like, a button you can press for the spoon to be raised to your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Your phone just, like, 
you press a button and it ejects like an ooze and that's your daily amount of nutrition for the day <laughs> yeah gross <laughs> you don't want phone ooze <laughs> no, I mean, like, that's what I was hungry for this morning, but yeah. at this time of night, I'm okay. Oh, yeah. It's too late. <laughs> too late in the day. Yeah. Man, how do you be mindful of that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> like, like how, not how would you cultivate, like, mindfulness, but, like, how would you maintain mindfulness with that? Like, that would be mm-hmm. such a strange state. Yeah, I don't know, because there's so many, like, levels that go into, like, like along this, like, cooking food line. There's so mm-hmm. many levels of, like, awareness or mindful interaction that you have mm-hmm. if you're going from, like, buying stuff, like, from scratch and then mm-hmm. cooking it. it. You're going all the way from being aware of what you're buying and, like, where it's coming from mm-hmm. to, like, the interactions at the grocery store with people and, like, how you, like, either are aware or are not aware of the people that also exist in that space. Mm-hmm. And then to cooking the food... Yeah. And, like, being mindful of how you're preparing it to, like, eating it either, like, by yourself, like, and just kind of scarfing it down in front of the TV or eating it with somebody mm-hmm. else or eating it, right. like, mindfully. Yeah. Like, there's so much that goes into that, you know? Mm-hmm. And you got to think, too, like, it, our primary objective used to be to feed ourselves, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Like, wants to like go out find food like that was our biggest concern and then everything else came after that and now it's completely different which I'm not saying is a bad thing but I'm just saying, saying it's very far removed from what it was mm-hmm. um, and yeah like, the, all the people that you interact with all the way to like cooking with people and cooking with family. Um, I don't know about you, but that's like one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. I think that there's such a like powerful energy when you're cooking with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And like when you're cooking with like a group of people or even like cooking for a group of people. Yeah. I don't know. There's something, like, really magical there. Yeah. I can't remember. I think it's called Cooked on Netflix. It might still be on Netflix. It's uh, it's by the author Michael Pollan. Pollan, Pollan. Mm. And it's really good. It's a uh, – he has a book. He has a book about it as well, but it's about, like, where our food comes from, like, the – traditions and stuff behind it about like cooking with people he really goes into like exploring our relationship with food and he does it from a cool perspective of like the four like, i think it is four elements so like fire water earth and then air 
And yeah, it's really good. You should check it out sometime. Yeah, definitely. Is it a series or is it like a like a docu series? But yeah, that one. I watched that a year or two ago, and it really got me into cooking. Yeah, so how often do you think you cook? Because I know you said, well, you were cooking right before this. Uh-huh. How often do you yeah. think you cook? I mean, part of it kind of depends on what you mean by cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, like, twice a day at least. Like the other times, it's sort of like snacking or eating with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'll, I'll eat three or four times a day, so. Mm-hmm. But at least at least two of those times, like I have to like cook the whole meal. Yeah. So you say you think or you cook two times a day like a full meal. Um. So like I cook like steel-cut oats in the morning. Uh-huh. Like chop up some fruit, throw in some nuts, that kind of thing. Mm. And then like that's why I said like it kind of depends on what you mean by cooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, then I would also say that I cook two times a day. Yeah. And then um, I'll di- Polly and I usually cook dinner together, mm-hmm. or go out to eat, or eat leftovers. You know. Yeah. So that kind of depends. But then like if I'm working in te- like in Asheville. Too. It takes up a pretty good chunk of my day, I would say. You know, two, two hours or so. Yeah. With like the process of like preparing, cooking, cleaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't realize like how long cooking a, a meal really takes uh-huh. until yeah. you're like, especially if you got like. Like in the breakfast, like for breakfast, it's usually a pretty quick thing. But once you're doing like a dinner, like let's say you're doing like a dinner with like a side, a vegetable, a meat, and like a fruit, like that's a pretty good yeah. chunk of time. Yeah. That's like, that's like a four-course meal right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like a Thanksgiving thing. <laughs> well, you don't try to... That's what that's what I do when I cook. That's, I try to do mm-hmm. that for dinner. That's amazing. Yeah, I would say Paul and I will do like the main dish and like a side of like a veggie. You know. Mm, yeah. Um. Yeah, that's impressive that you do, you do all of those things. Um. So this past week we dog sat. They, they gave us, like, a grocery card, like, with, like, 100 bucks on it or whatever to eat for the week. Uh-huh. And so we're like, all right, well, let's go big. <laughs> like, <laughs> look up a bunch of recipes and, like, cook a bunch of stuff. So that was actually really nice to, like, come home. We would both, like, have, like, this crazy meal plans. Um, and we'd cook it together and eat it. And the last night we had this really – I made this uh, – it's like Mediterranean gnocchi. Mm. With, and it was interesting.
interesting because you cooked the things in stages, which I didn't have never like done before. Because like, <laughs> like I enjoy cooking, but I'm very like basic. You know what I mean? Like I don't, yeah. I don't branch far out from what I typically do. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you started out sautéing like onions, and then you like chopped up tomatoes, threw them in there with like white wine, and then you let the wine soak into that before you throw in the other things. And then, so when I was eating it, I could taste like the levels of flavor of which like I cooked into it. And it was really amazing. I was like, whoa, I feel like a chef right now. (laughs) Wow. Sounds really good. What else? So what else did you buy this week? Like what were your big meal thing so that was like a, essentially like an Italian or not, that was like a Mediterranean night we did mm-hmm. or like a pasta night I guess is what we called it um, we did a, a taco night but we did like the jackfruit thing that you recommended oh yeah how was that incredible because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it was like a barbecue jackfruit so we kind of made it like a, like a barbecue taco and we chopped up like purple cabbage and carrots and that kind of thing mm. and put it on top. So Polly did a really good job this week with like, presentation of stuff, like just having a bunch of different colors. And even even like the setup for so like with tacos you like pick your own toppings and kinda like put it on there, right? Yeah. So she even set it up so like the colors were like organized and like kind of flew through because we had five or six different toppings. Uh huh. So like, even that's like a little treat. Like you can you can really amp up your meals just by like presentation alone. You know. Yeah. Definitely. She she said, "Hit your eyes eat first. and I was like, mm, <laughs> "They don't." But I agree with you. I don't know what your eyes do. But... Yeah, the eyes eyes aren't for eating. <laughs> Um, oh, we had a, a stir-fry night, and that was really good, too. Um, we've been on this sort of vegetarian kick lately, so um, the stir-fry was good. She made that as well. Like I came home and like opened the door, and there was a bowl of stir-fry just like waiting for me. Oh, yeah. Um, with like tofu, carrots. Uh, we did the cabbage again, Brussels sprouts. Mine had mushrooms. Nice. Do you have a a wok, or did she just do it in a pan on the stove? She just did it uh, in a pan on a stove. Mm. We don't have a wok, and the house we were sitting at, um, they didn't have one either. They had some cast iron skillet, skillet which I really enjoy. Oh, um, yeah. Everyone should own a cast iron skillet. That's what everybody, every old person says that. <laughs> <laughs> I am an old person. That's true. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I'm a firm believer. We have cast iron skillets in my house because that's what my dad cooks the deep dish pizza in. Not to interrupt your, your meal plan too far, but I think that a cast iron skillet is like, the essential cooking tool 
Like, really, you could just have a set of, like, four cast iron skillets and nothing else, and I think you would be fine. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Because you can do anything with them, basically. Yeah. And you can use them in the oven. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We've been, uh, I've, I've made a couple, like, whole chickens in the cast iron skillets, and it's amazing. Oh. Like, yeah. Like the whole chicken still put together? Or... Yeah, like whole chicken still put together. Uh-huh. Tons of garlic and lemon. Mm. Like the little, the little tiny potatoes and carrots. Celery. Yeah. Yeah. I just ate. I'm hungry to talk about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I haven't eaten dinner yet, so I'm like visualizing all this food that you're talking about. It's like right in front of me. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard too the, the cast iron skillets like the whatever they're made out of like doesn't really scrape off unlike the the most pans that we use nowadays, which have like that non-stick coating, you know. Mm, yeah. It's like they kind of like scrape off and get in your food, which I heard isn't too good for you. But this is also just hearsay. Like I have no. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, like cast iron skillets like aren't like they don't have any non-stick substance mm-hmm. on them. You have to like season it, put like yeah. oil on it and stuff. Yeah, you do have to oil the hell out of stuff when you cook with it. Typically, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like mm-hmm. all the oil or all like the stuff they use. Yeah. To make things nonstick, mm-hmm. fascinating. This lady uh, that I work with, she told me the other day. This like along the topic of like things that happen that were like unintended consequences, but are crazy. Mm-hmm. That um, I have no idea if this is true or not. I didn't look it up, so it could be completely false. But she said that a majority of the like pollution in the San Francisco Bay is made up of tire particles from everybody who drives over the bridge, the Bay Bridge, and everyone who drives like around San Francisco. Interesting. Hmm. I could see it being possible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot though, like the majority. I would think like people are just may have like dumped some trash in it or something, you know? Yeah. But you do like regardless of whether it's true or not, like it's a fascinating concept because you have to get your tires replaced. So mm-hmm. obviously they wear down. Mm-hmm. So where yeah. does all that oh, yeah. stuff go? It has to go somewhere. Yeah. Well, that, that would kind of apply to a lot of stuff then. Like anything that wears down like that kind of gets turned into some sort of dust and is sent into the air. Yeah. Like something's picking it up or breathing it in or it's soaking into something, you know? Uh-huh. 
like just imagine in 50 years like how many things we're gonna look back on and be like wow who knew that would have like caused that yeah (laughs) (laughs) like even from like the smallest thing like the non-stick coating on pans you know like all this stuff that we've made up and we have no idea how it affects our lives at all yeah for like convenience and stuff like that yeah I like a, like a personal trainer, like health standpoint. Um, we may have talked about this, but there is a, a woman who, I can't think of her name right now, but she's like a, a bio-anthropomorphist or something like that. She like studies human beings from like how they lived in the past and like how we're living now and that uh, separation and how it's like affected our bodies essentially. Mm. Basically back when we were cavemen, we, we were physically active for like eight hours a day. You know what I mean? Like something crazy like that. Like 350 minutes a day is what she said. Uh-huh. And now like what's recommended is for us to, do physical activity for 150 minutes a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she talks about doing simple stuff to kind of like help with that in terms of like sitting for, you know what I mean? Or um, instead of having like the trash can like right next, next, next to your desk at work, like put it somewhere far away and like centralized. So everyone has to get up and walk to it. You know, small things like that, just like get more movement in throughout the day. Yeah. Like the more con- basically the more convenient we make things for ourselves. Like work we have to put into it, which sounds like a good thing, but um, unintentionally it, it can be harmful. Yeah. But then I wonder, like, also, because, like, let's, like, cave people only live to be, like, you know, 30 or whatever mm-hmm. was, like, the longest lifespan. Yeah. So I wonder where that, like, but I guess it's different for every person, but where that like happy medium is between like living a long life and getting the proper nutrition and exercise and like rest in order to like maintain that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I agree. I don't think like we all need to go back and live as cavemen again. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, you know, have to hunt for every every time we eat but um i do think just like 350 minutes of movement a day like what is that 350 divided by six wow my math is terrible how what is that how many hours is that uh eight 
something, maybe. Is it, is it eight hours? Well, because 32 divided by six. There you go. Is Thanks, eight, right? Art. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm saying like four or five hours a day, like of not super taxing movement. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like a couple of, a couple hours of that could be walking, things like that. And then once you once you're like exerting yourself enough, sleeping is much easier because <laughs> you've like you've de-stressed, you've got that energy out, your metabolism's going the way it's supposed to, and then you kind of get into this like rhythm of like moving and then resting, moving and resting. So your circadian rhythm is like already there, and then. You're not like sitting around and eating of boredom all day. Like you're eating foods to like energize you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely a balance to it. Yeah, but I definitely agree that we like we've lacked like because like you said we've created can such as such a convenience for everything like we no longer are forced to move and i've really like noticed that since i've been here like i've been walking everywhere Mm -hmm. and i probably walk like three or four miles per day. Yeah. Just because, like, even though the bus is only, like, $1.75 or whatever, like, sometimes I just don't want to pay $1.75. Right. So, like... Um, I'm good, baby. I like you, baby. <laughs> so... <laughs> some guy driving by. <laughs> so sometimes I'll like walk to work and that's like I think like 1.6 miles or something yeah do you enjoy the walk yeah like I walk well I walk to my other job and that's like a mile uh-huh. and I'll just like put on like NPR or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, like, that's how I get, like, my daily dose of news or, like, I'll put on a podcast mm-hmm. and just, like, walk to work. Like, that's, like, people's commutes. Yeah. Is, like, like, people will drive, you know, 40 minutes to go to work. But instead, I just walk. Right. And I think it gives me time... I was talking to my roommate about this. Like, it gives me time to slow down. Mm-hmm. And I've realized that that's, like, really what I need in life. Mm-hmm. Is these moments where, like, I'm not, even if, like, I still, like, know that I have to, like, get to a destination at a certain time, I know that, like, I've allotted myself that amount of time to get there. So, like, I can take my time and really just relax and, like, breathe and just be in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
it sounds like it can like really reset you you know like if if things are kind of going a little crazy like mm-hmm. you said you set that time aside already bring it all back in reset yeah and I really notice it too like the days where I'll take the bus versus the days where I walk mm-hmm. like if I wake up and I'm kind of like in a hurry and like in a rush in the morning, but then like I'm in a rush to walk somewhere, mm-hmm. like by the end of the walk, whatever I was like stressed about at the beginning of the walk is no longer relevant because I've already yeah. like processed it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if I take the bus, I never have to process it. I don't know why something about like the lack of movement I get Uh or because maybe there's more people around, but I don't know something about like the act of getting on a bus and sitting there and riding it, you know, 20 minutes to work. Like the thing can still be in my head and be unprocessed. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting that you say that because I watched a, like a yoga documentary. This was also on Netflix. So I'm sure you can check it out if you have the time. Um, and the woman was basically saying like the quickest way to quiet your mind is to move your body. And like, that's like the point of yoga was is to like move your body in order to calm your mind so that you can meditate. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> I just know like every day if I don't do a sufficient amount of like moving my body around, that I get pretty in my head, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, what happens on the days, like if you go like a day without? any kind of movement or like not even exercise per se, but really just like a day where you haven't moved as much. Mm-hmm. Like what, what do you think happens to you? The first thing I would say is that I think about moving. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, maybe I can like squeeze it in now or now or now or, or maybe at this point. <clears throat> so I start to kind of try and plan around like trying to move and get it in so that like I will feel better. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost like creating more stress just on my own by doing that. Um, and then it becomes a lot of like. I don't know, if things are, like, frustrating or, like, stressful, then it kind of just, like, builds up and I and I think about it for a longer period of time than if I had already exerted enough energy out of my body that there's, like, space for me to work with those. Does that make sense? I can repeat that if it didn't. It's almost yeah. like... Uh, it's like... There's energy that builds up in my body kind of like throughout the day or overnight or whatever. 
that just it needs to get out <laughs> and if it doesn't get out then it doesn't make room for other thoughts and other kinds of energies yeah yeah that makes sense like because even in the act of like you know if you're doing something mindless let's say like quote unquote or even just sleeping you're still building up like some amount of energy mhm yeah and i really yeah. like that idea of like having to release it in order to like make room for new energy to come in so that you're not just like compressing it and compressing it yeah yeah cuz i mean if we're like eating food and we're kind of like resting and sitting and we're like taking in air we're drinking water and then we have all this stimulus going on you know like always taking in information other kinds of other other kinds of energy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have. I look at it as like a way of expression anyway, and so like, yeah, moving that energy out of my body in like a creative way helps, but it doesn't even have to be like today. I went on like a, a twenty-minute run, and that really let a lot of stuff out. Um, And I've kind of thought for a long time now. We yeah. we oftentimes look at our at who we are as like we're just a brain, you know, like we're a mind. Mm -hmm. But we're just as much the body as we are the mind. And I think our body. This sounds crazy, maybe. But our body has like just as much intelligence as the mind but just in a very different and subtle way yeah well i think the so if you like look at it as like intuition mhm mm i think that the body is like intuitive whereas like the brain is more like knowledge and like what's the opposite of intuitive like reasoning logic yeah yeah the brain is more logical mm -hmm. but your body is like receiving stimulus and like processing it very differently like you said in like a much different way but whereas like i i feel like and i don't know if you would also feel this way the body receives energy like from the environment so like from people you know mm -hmm. like when you walk into a room and you kind of feel tense because like other people in the room are tense like i feel like that's very much driven by like your body's reaction to the energy that it's receiving certainly yeah i very much agree with that yeah, yeah just the postures of other people, facial expressions, maybe like hearing background conversations. Mhm. Mm like if it's like if you're walking into a room like full of people, 
you, like you're picking up on all of that kind of like subconsciously. Yeah. Or even in the case of like one person, let's say it's like a loved one or a friend who you like know really well. Mm-hmm. If you if you see them often, you can kind of like tell right off the bat like whether or not they're in a really good mood or like in a bad mood or like an okay mood. You can you can feel out the energy. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. Like people that you know really well, like, and I think it's like know them on like a deep, like personal level, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And when you know them that well, it is crazy. Like how you can just see them instantly. And you're like, oh, something's off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. You... I... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, no, you finish. I say, like, I think that I, you can also do that with like just about anybody, but I think yeah. it takes an an incredible amount of like awareness. Yeah. Because I think I've definitely read people. And then later found out that that like was what they were feeling, mm-hmm. but I just like assumed that like I like my intuition wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and we do that a lot. We like we get this like gut feeling that something's off with them, and like we kind of like we kind of like have a guess of what it is, or like we call it a guess because we don't trust it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how many times you'll, or like, I'll ask people, like, how's your day going? Or like, they'll ask me how my day is going. And I, like, cannot lie to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh-huh. Like, I can't do it. Even if I try, I'll be like, oh, I'm good. I'm okay. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, whereas if I'm good, I'm like, I'm really well. Like, thanks for asking. Yeah. Or, like, if I ask them, and, like, if they, like, make eye contact, and they're like, yeah, I'm good, and they, like, kind of stand there for a second to talk to you. Or they're like, um, yeah, good. Uh, <laughs> there are so many ways to, to read that situation. But the, what the person says, you know, if you're really paying attention, you'll know if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, like, that comes just like as with any other skill, like, can be developed. Mm -hmm. So the more that you're aware of, like, the more time you spend, like, in present awareness, as people would say, like, the more time that you're able to like process what the other person is actually feeling, even based like, like not off of what they're saying, but of like off of what they're feeling, then the more you'll be able to recognize it in others. Yeah. Cause as people, we're all essentially the same. We have like slight differences, but. Yeah. 
do you ever pick up on someone else's emotion and kind of not intentionally pick up that emotion and like embody it a little bit? Yeah. I definitely think that like sometimes I don't know like where it's coming from and then I'll realize that like it isn't my emotion that I'm feeling like I'm taking on the the kind of energies of the people around me and I've always thought of that as like a like I always thought it like was really annoying I think growing up because mm-hmm. like I think I've experienced it my whole life but I never quite understood it until now yeah but yeah no I definitely feel it yeah do you I'll think find yeah, yeah. So do you think that you feel it yeah I think I can and it can work for like good or bad, you know, or like a positive emotion or a negative emotion. So if someone's really like hyped up, I feel like it can like possibly turn my day around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if someone's like kind of like dragging a little bit, I'm like, oh, okay, like I'll pick up on that, mm-hmm. like feel it out, and then be like, whoa, yeah. Like you said, like that's not actually mine, but I felt it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that there's something really powerful about being able to feel that, which I guess is what people would call empathy. But I think empathy is much more. Yeah. Like being able, but not even just like being compassionate. Like I feel like it's almost being able to take that person's like suffering and then like take it on as your own and because like you've built up this um like idea of non-judgment towards your own emotions when you take that on as your own you're not judging it like you're not like oh i'm sad and i'm judging the sadness so then mm-hmm. they feel that you're not judging that sadness that's in you yeah. which is also in them mm-hmm. if that made any sense no, yeah. I totally get it. So I think it's like it's bringing it back to like creating that space for them to be sad mm-hmm. <laughs> and to like process that emotion and leave the space there for them. Yeah. Because I think something bad also really happens when <laughs> somebody's sad and then you're like, Oh, just be happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just flip the switch. <laughs> <laughs> it's just right there. You just got to yeah. turn it on and off. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, I don't think you can just like be like, oh, I'll be happy. Like, I do think like there's a way you can cheer people up. But it has to come from like a really like a really specific place mm. in you that has like 
I don't know. What's coming to mind to me right now is like a Yoda or something like someone like really wise. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like only, only like when you come from that place of like wisdom almost, can you make things lighthearted, which were once heavy. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like some examples, but that's just, that's just one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I think Yoda's a good example. Yeah. Because Yoda, like, Yoda's awesome. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Because Yoda's Yoda. Well, because like Yoda, like, well, Yoda is like used as a representation of like, I feel like all spiritual leaders, mm-hmm. but Yoda, like as an entity, like understands all the pain and like struggle that like people have to go through. Mm-hmm. So like, he's not saying that it's not, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. he's saying that it does exist it's just like it's just a part of life mm-hmm. and then it makes it a lot easier to deal with I think yeah yeah and I think kind of back to what you said earlier not only acknowledging that it does exist but like if they can sense that you're feeling even like a little bit of what they're feeling it makes them feel less alone like it, it almost like shares the burden, even if just a tad. And yeah, and then if you're both feeling it, and like they're, they know you're not just bullshitting them. Like oh, like like oh, you're so sad. I'm so sad for you. Like yeah. <laughs> not that kind of thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then like if they can feel that you're also feeling it then moving on from that seems more legitimate than if you were just like, oh, I'm so sad too. Yeah. Or like seeing you sad makes me sad. Then it's almost like, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, shit, sorry. Yeah, well, fuck me, right? I yeah. take my somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to ruin your day. I'm the worst. I should be sick. (laughs) I'm gonna go run to the to the bathroom. Okay. Very quickly. And then I wanna continue this. Okay. I'll send you an if you want, but okay, I can wait. <laughs> you know no. what? What's up? You have, you have, you have to wait. Okay. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to take it in the bathroom so we can hear what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I think we should. Okay. But I wanted to continue off before I get to the bathroom about uh, neighbors. Because you're, like, you leaving yesterday got me thinking about, like, neighbors and what it means and stuff. Thank you. You okay? (laughs) (laughs) No. I dropped my popcorn. 
see your popcorn? Yeah, my popcorn. Ah, nice. I bought some like, uh, like kernels, you know? Yeah. Some coconut oil? You're pop your yeah, kernel? Yeah, I am. That's the best way to do popcorn. It is. It's the, the only way to do popcorn. Well, that's not true. <laughs> what bags don't exist? <laughs> so, do you want to jump back into the neighbor thing? Neighbors. Okay, yeah, what were your thoughts on it? Okay. Well, I was going to ask, so like you said that that was the first time that you hung out with your neighbor, right? Or like, you know. So... I don't know. Do you think that as like a people, we've moved further away from interacting with the people like who live closest to us when even though they may not be like our, like, you know, going back to like what we we're talking about, like finding our tribe, even though they might like may not be a part of our tribe, they're part of a different tribe per se like the community that is like directly involved with the space that you live and like interact with every day so but we've like distanced those connections and I feel like that in order to progress further I think we need to start rebuilding connections that we have with our neighbors whether it be like neighbors in an apartment complex or like neighbors like you know you have where it's like the next house over i was just wondering what your if you were like have had any thoughts about that or like have been thinking about this in any way yeah i i have thought about that and actually since i've like since i've moved here this is it's basically the first time I've I've had neighbors in my life. Apart from like having people like across the hall from you in college and things like that. But like growing up I lived in the country with like our nearest neighbor was literally half a mile down the road. So like you didn't you didn't like walk outside and like see him all the time. Yeah. Um, whereas now like I do walk and like drink my coffee and like see my neighbors across the street, see my neighbors to the left of me, like driving to work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they're already there, like, I'm, I'm encountering them, and I feel like it's like it's important to just acknowledge their existence for one as like a, a form of even like the most minor connection, mm. and then from there. Yeah, like creating those connections with the people that are even just close in proximity to you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's important, I've, and I have been thinking about it lately. Um, I don't know what that is exactly. Think about it more. Yeah, I don't know if it's something you want to, like, chew on and talk about again Mm -hmm. because I really don't have much like 
thought on it per se. It's just something that some has like recently come up. And you know, like how we used like at college, we had like an open door policy freshman year, right? Like Wes yeah. was like, keep your doors open. Yeah. And, like, I wish that I could have that as like in my apartment building. I wish yeah. that I could just be like, hey, you guys, like, you want to keep your doors open so that I could like <laughs> say hi. <laughs> But like if I said that, people would be like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like Wes was a great guy for doing that. That was a genius idea. Uh-huh. It really did make freshman year like awesome. And like we were friends with our whole floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like even like even people who like I maybe we didn't hang out with like outside of that hallway, at least mm-hmm. like when we were in the hallway, like everyone knew each other and everyone was like really friendly with each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, let's chew on that and let's bring that up next week. I'd like to maybe explore that a little bit more and kind of actually like actively engage in it, like engaging with my neighbors and kind of maybe let you know and think about it more. Yeah, for sure. I'm also going to try to like do the same thing. Like, I've been trying to say hello to my, like, downstairs neighbor. I'm trying to, like, find a time when, like, to catch them when they're kind of coming home. And I'm also on my way home. So hopefully I can get to do that and then maybe think about that and, like, how the interaction went and stuff. I like this as an idea of something that we do, perhaps... Uh, as we go on the podcast of like finding a sort of, I don't want to say a challenge, but like a way to reach out to others. And it's like, can you continue to do that? Like be more mindful and compassionate things like that. Yeah, definitely. Well, we can, we can think about that more too. Yeah. All right, Let's man. Chew on it. Chew on it. Chew on it. <laughs> Cool. Love you. Good talk. Love you too. It was a great talk. Yeah. Have a good week. I hope uh, your anxieties calm down a little bit. Thanks. Yeah, they they've definitely been like calming down now that I'm more stable. So I'm starting to to rebalance for sure. Good night. You too.